Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm James Schofield, the writer of the stories in this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Over the years, I've written lots of short stories for different magazines about the funny, sad, and strange people and events I've experienced in business. In each episode, I read you my original story, and afterwards I tell you something about the real-life background which inspired it. Today's story is called Dragon's Den, and this could be just the story you need if you've ever wondered how to get a great idea off the ground. Hey, dude, said Jasper as he combed his beard. Did you see the announcement? There's a Dragon's Den competition taking place here next week. Dragons? asked Edward, continuing to clean the floor. Not real dragons. They're business angels. You know, financial investors. If you enter the competition, you get five minutes to pitch a business proposal to the dragons, and if they like your idea, they invest money in it. It's awesome! Jasper slapped Edward on the back and left the gents. Edward sprayed cleaner on the mirrors. A business angel. That's what he needed. Could he enter this competition? But how to present his idea to the kind of business people who would visit the hive? And would anyone take a refugee cleaner from Sierra Leone seriously? The hive was an old factory building in East Berlin that provided cheap office space for startup companies. It was full of young people from around the world, all with plaid shirts, exotic tattoos and big glasses. The only way Edward could tell the sexes apart was by looking for the beards. He was popular, but treated like an exotic pet rather than a real person. Admittedly, that was better than being beaten up, something that had happened a couple of times in the two years since he'd been forced to leave his wife and children and flee to Germany for political reasons. He got a coffee from the kitchen and went up onto the roof to visit Winnie and Evelyn and think. Hello, you two, he said, looking into one of a number of plastic boxes that were arranged along the wall at the edge of the building. How are you today? Two pairs of snail eyes turned to look at him, and then Winnie and Evelyn moved slowly across the soil in the box towards the lettuce leaf he held out to them. The central area of the hive was full. Tickets for the event had sold out in a day, and excitement hung in the air. There was a stage in the middle with a screen and three comfortable chairs in front of it, where the dragons would sit and listen to the business proposals. A table at the back of the room was filled with quinoa salad, vegetarian burritos and falafel, and the bar was selling a range of craft beers from around the world with names like Scorpion Tail, Headbanger or Latin Lover. Edward stood at the edge of the crowd, feeling out of place. He had applied to present his idea, but the organisers had said it wasn't suitable. At first he'd been disappointed, but now he was glad. All week long, the other competitors had been talking about their presentations to him. Jasper was designing the Data Beanie, 
a woolen hat with a built-in Bluetooth connection that used your location to tell you about bars or restaurants or cool events that were happening in your area. Kylie had built a prototype of a robot arm that did tattoos, and there were several more with fantastic ideas. Edward would have looked stupid. Bro, could you go to the cellar for more beer? The headbanger's nearly finished, shouted the barman to Edward. He was just about to go downstairs when a girl stopped him. Excuse me, but do you have any beer that doesn't have garlic, chilli or shark's teeth in it? She asked. I'd like something normal. Edward laughed. Just a moment. He fetched a crate of headbanger for the bar, took a glass off the shelf and returned to the girl with a bottle of ordinary beer in his hand. Thank you, she said, and a glass as well. How did you know? My mother always said you can't smell a beer properly when you drink from a bottle. True, and you show no respect for the brewer, though in the case of whoever brewed headbanger, I don't think he deserves any. The show began. The main aim of the dragons seemed to be to humiliate the presenters. Poor Jasper was in tears after they had finished with him, and they were very sarcastic about Kylie's robot arm after it tattooed a flying pig onto somebody's back instead of a bird. Oh, oh dear, said the girl after a while. What do you think of this? Oh, I'm glad I didn't go on. I wanted to. Yes? What was your idea? He took her onto the roof and showed her Winnie and Evelyn, who were cheerfully eating a leaf. Look at this, he said proudly. I'm a snail farmer. I want to set up a snail farming franchise business for Berlin. That's my idea. With two snails? she asked sounding disappointed. And these, he took the lids off the other boxes to show hundreds and hundreds of snails. Winnie and Evelyn were his two oldest snails. The rest were their children and were a valuable commodity. First of all, snail meat was high in protein but low in fat, making it attractive to the health conscious. Secondly, snail eggs were prized by many gourmets. White caviar, they call it. 1,600 euros a kilo. And did you know that snail slime can be used for skin and beauty products? It has healing properties. Wow, said the girl. I never knew. Listen, why don't you give me a call tomorrow? We can talk some more. She took a card out of her handbag and gave it to Edward. He held up his hands in protest. Oh, that's very nice, but I'm married, you see. I really don't... So am I, she laughed. Look at my card and give me a call. She disappeared downstairs and shortly afterwards, Edward saw her crossing the road. She looked up at the roof and waved at him. He turned her card over. Dr. Gina Vonturo, he read. Angel Wings Investments. Dragon's Den was written for Business Spotlight in 2017. And what I wanted to do in the story is to really reflect on several experiences which I've had, uh, both fun experiences and also not so f- not such fun experiences um, as somebody living in uh, in a foreign country. On the fun side, 
the the hive, this uh, old factory in East Berlin, which has been t- turned into a place for uh, startup co- companies and young creatives, um, is actually kind of very similar to various such startup places, um, old factories or old office buildings, which have been converted into small, cheap office space for for creative types um, that uh, were either uh, organizing events or workshops or participating at, at such things. Um, in particular, one I took part in was a PowerPoint karaoke. Um, and uh, if you've never taken part in a PowerPoint karaoke, it presenters are given a presentation, a PowerPoint presentation that they've never seen before. And the slides change every 10 seconds or so and they have to bullshit their way through uh, a presentation and see how well they can do and it's mildly entertaining and the couple of ones where I've taken part um, it was very largely full of uh, young creative types in plaid shirts with beards and beanies and um, exotic tattoos um, and I probably looked like a very boring old fart uh, compared to them and I had to say I quite enjoyed these these uh, activities, but you can see prejudices coming through against the kind of new age food with the quinoa uh, and the burritos and the and the wraps, and also this um, tendency for for craft beer with exotic substances in it, um, which are not really to my taste. So that was kind of like the the fun side to when writing about the hive. Um, on the more serious side, um, the refugee from Sierra Leone, uh, Edward, and the uh, overt and the covert racism that he um, experiences um, is something which I think is worth exploring. Um, and the overt racism, of course, um, he he describes having been beaten up a couple of times. Um, and that's easy to condemn and say that's a dreadful thing. Um, however, I think wet liberals like me are sometimes prone to ignore the covert racism that also exists in our society. Um, For example, the unwillingness to accept qualifications from other countries such as teachers and doctors. Um, So you can become a qualified doctor in in a country uh, or a qualified teacher in, in a country. You move to the UK, you move to Germany, you move to France, and suddenly you find that your qualification um, doesn't count for anything anymore, and you have to end up um, taking a job which is perhaps uh, not the kind of job that you uh, were able to do in your in your home country on a very minor scale in terms of inconvenience. That was the, that was the case for me. I had a teacher qualification from the UK, but I couldn't teach in a in a state school in in Germany, and this is. I think it's a kind of protectionism and I think it's a shame because it wastes an awful lot of very valuable resources. In the story, I say how Edward is t- treated a little bit in the hive. He's treated by everybody very nicely. They like him, but he's treated a little bit like an exotic pet. And this is also something that I think we do and I'm guilty of this as well. Um, I remember in particular uh, in uh, office in the office where I worked for a while, uh, uh, an Afghani cleaning lady who was very chatty, and um, I spent quite a lot of time chatting to her about her experience of living in Germany and learning German, 
but she was but I, it didn't really occur to me uh, that I could do anything more to help her apart from be pleasant and, and chat to her. Um, and it wasn't until a colleague of mine helped her son to get an internship in the company um, that uh, it suddenly occurred to me, hey, maybe I could have done a little bit more uh, in order to help her to to improve her, her position. The Dragon's Den format. Uh, so Dragon's Den, um, the other programs, of course, the um, Apprentice, where Donald Trump, of course, was famous for being a particularly brutal judge for the people who were pitching their ideas. Um, and I don't really like this format that so many reality TV shows have, which are based on humiliation of the candidates. Um, and I think it's kind of sad that um, this is seen as good television by by a lot of people. Doing the research into what entrepreneurial idea Edward could have to um, establish himself was a lot of fun and looked into lots of different possibilities. But I have to say snail farming seemed to me to be really an, a very, very uh, attractive idea. And the potential there is enormous. I mean, uh, like I say in the story, uh, 1,600 euros for a kilo of snail's eggs. I mean, you know, that's really quite a lot of money uh, that you can earn from them. And they're uh, very light and easy to maintain. And I was also fascinated to find out the the apparent cosmetic um, and health benefits of snail slime. So snail slime contains, and I'm reading here, proteins, hyaluronic, I'm going to have problems with this word, hyaluronic, hyaluronic acid, elastin, antimicrobials, peptides, glycol acid, and antioxidants. I'm supposed to be very good against aging. So something that uh, uh, if I was a young entrepreneurial type, I think I would be quite attracted to the idea of snail farming. Uh, one downer about reading this story again after a little while was I discovered something in the editing which annoyed me. Uh, I'll read it to you, see what it says. Uh, it's towards the end of the story. Edward misunderstands why Gina is offering him his card and um, thinks she's uh, looking for a date or something. And he says, that's very nice, but I'm married. You see, I really don't. So am I. She laughed. Look at my card and give me a call. And it's that she laughed that's a problem for me because um, one of my favourite writers, Elmore Leonard, who wrote uh, lots and lots of um, thrillers, always said that you should never carry dialogue with any verb other than said. Um, and if you look at Hemingway, for example, also, and uh, Dorothy Parker, they always use said, um, and they don't use anything like cried, shouted, begged. They always just use said, she said, he said, they said. And I try always to follow this particular rule because I think it's true that when a writer puts in a word like she laughed, um, then they're kind of picking, poking their nose into the story too much. And it should be really up to the reader to imagine how it was that Gina said this. Um, and she laughed sounds too trivial and frivolous for me um, and it kind of downgrades Gina which annoys me because Gina um, shouldn't be downgraded. What can you do? It is what it is.
apart from that particular aspect, I was quite happy with Dragon's Den, how it turned out. I enjoyed writing it. It gave me a chance to talk about topics that I think are important, like racism. Um, and also, it was a lot of fun to play around with the hive and the kind of people who were there and the kind of beers that they drank. Oh, and something that I forgot to mention earlier, but one thing which annoys me enormously when you go to fashionable bars like this is their tendency to give you a bottle without a glass. And it's quite true. You really can't appreciate the beer properly if it's not in a glass. And finally, if there are any snail farmers out there, um, do please write and tell me about your experiences. I'd be really interested to know because maybe I could find an opportunity to write about Edward's further adventures. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Please subscribe on Apple, Spotify or Google Podcast or whichever app you use so that as soon as the next episode is available, you'll get it. In the meantime, catch up on any episodes you've missed, tell your friends about the show, give it a rating and write a review on the podcast app. And you can write to me directly at james.rupert.schofield at gmail.com. Until the next episode of Behind the Bottom Line, this is James Schofield saying goodbye. <laughs>